Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're in the book of 2 Thessalonians and focusing on some important truths about when Jesus comes again. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's episode of Everyday Truth. Got my one of my favorite mugs here today. It is my Jesus and caffeine because adulting is hard mug. I, I have uh, a number of the mugs that you all have given me over the years. I have them in our church office insofar that they are are accusing me of, of being uh, a hoarder and a clutter guy. But uh, be that as it may, this is one of the favorite mugs that our fellow pastors drink from and uh, and office staff. So whoever gave that, thank you for, uh, for, for scoring big on that one. Hey, we are in Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 3, covered just one verse yesterday, but uh, talking about some of the problems that exist in local churches. Now, remember, the Apostle Paul back in the first letter spoke about a segment of people in the church at Thessalonica that were guilty of just kind of mooching off of the other people. Uh, they believed that Jesus was coming again soon, and so some of them had quit their jobs. I mean, if Jesus is coming back, I don't need to work down here at Walmart. If Jesus is coming back, I don't need to pull my shift over here at Chick-fil-A. I'm just going to wait for Jesus to come back. The problem was Jesus didn't come back, and their bills still came due, and their mortgage payments still needed to be made, and uh, they still needed groceries at the grocery store. And so what happened was they relied upon the goodness and benevolence of other believers. And the Apostle Paul said, that's wrong. We need to learn to work with our own hands. He said in chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians, hey, warn the unruly. And unruly there referred specifically to those that were unwilling to work. So now the Apostle Paul is writing another letter to the same church, and it appears that the same problem is persisting, that these people that have already been warned are persisting in that habit. That's why I wanted to add that addendum because uh, yesterday's podcast it might have seemed a little bit harsh, like, well, wait a minute. Those that walk unruly, we just you know, withdraw ourselves from them and church discipline and that whole topic. Yeah, but understand, these are people that have been duly warned. These are people that are persisting in known and repeated sin. These are people that have had numerous opportunities to get right, but they have made it very clear that their way is more important than God's way. So that puts a little bit of a different spin on it, doesn't it? And I think that's why the Apostle Paul spoke so strongly to say, I command you and in the name of the Lord Jesus. Uh, those things make a whole lot more sense when you understand the context. So verse number seven today, where the Apostle Paul says, for yourselves know how ye ought to follow us. So Paul begins, not begins because this is continuing the conversation we had yesterday, but Paul says, hey, you, you know how we put ourselves forth as, as an example. You, you know that one of the major ways by which we encouraged you to live for God was by pointing to our own example. 
That's not a wrong thing to do, by the way. It's not wrong to use oneself or use other believers as examples. That's not wrong. Matter of fact, that's right. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. He told the Philippians in Philippians chapter 3, mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. So it's good and right to identify good Christian examples. That, that's a good thing. That's what discipleship is all about. And Paul said, now you know how we told you that you ought to follow us. I guess my big question to each one of us today would be, you know, are we followable? You know, could I say to somebody, hey, follow me? Or could I say, whose faith follow about me with a straight face? And we ought to be able to say that. So the Apostle Paul says here in verse 7, For yourselves know how ye ought to follow us. You know we've used ourselves as an example. Now, in what way does, does Paul now reference that example? Well, that, that's what's important, and that's what's kind of germane to this conversation we've been talking about. Verse number 7, For we behaved not ourselves disorderly among you. So Paul said, hey, this is a persistent problem that you're having, this disorderliness, this, this, these people that are unwilling to work. This is a persistent problem. I talked about this way back when. Matter of fact, I talked about this when I was with you. I talked about this in our first letter. I talked about this in the second letter. So let me just add this to the mix, and that is that you didn't see that kind of behavior in us. I told you you ought to follow us. So let me ask you a question, said the Apostle Paul. When we showed up on the way from Philippi, we showed up in Thessalonica in those early days, Acts chapter 17, when we started the church, uh, did we come in and behave disorderly? Like, did we come to town and mooch off of you? Did we come to town and expect for you as new believers just to kind of fund our ministry and, and fund our rent payment and fund our grocery bill? Did we expect that? And of course, the answer is no. Now, does that mean that we shouldn't care for our pastor? Not at all. But what Paul is saying is as a new missionary on a new field, that wasn't his priority to teach that as a, as a first level teaching uh, to these people. So he said, our example was we worked. So we would make tents, we would do our side business, and then we would preach to you. So we didn't take money from you, but we were more like a, a, a father to a son, more like a, a nursing mother that would hold a precious little baby. And we didn't expect for you to give back to us. We just gave and gave and gave to you. Now, follow our example. And I think specifically here, he's making a final appeal to those that are mooching, those that are lazy, those that aren't working and saying, listen, we didn't leave you that example. Follow our example of hard work, not the example of disorderliness that you have seen in others. So verse number uh, seven, again, for yourselves know how you ought to follow us for we behave not ourselves disorderly among you. You were there, you saw it. Verse number eight, neither did we eat any man's bread for naught. So I know that's an old English word for naught. We would say today for nothing. So we, we didn't just mooch. We didn't just uh, take things for nothing. No, we earned what we ate. We earned where we stayed. We were workers and we didn't behave ourselves disorderly. And you know that. 
See, it's one thing for Paul to say this to another church. Hey, here's how we behaved in Thessalonica. Here's what we did there. Let me tell you about our ministry in that city. No, that's not what he does. He says, you know, you were there. You saw this. And so I'm not telling you something you don't already know. You have the strength of our witnessed testimony. Verse number eight. So neither did we eat any man's bread for naught. Now watch this, verse eight. But wrought, that means we worked with labor and travail night and day that we might not be chargeable to any of you. Wow, what a statement. No, we worked night and day. Now, Paul has often given this testimony. He, he gave the same testimony to the Corinthians. He gave the same testimony uh, to the elders uh, at Miletus, the Ephesian elders. The Apostle Paul, this was kind of his modus operandi. You know, I'm not afraid to work. Man, we were all in. We worked night and day. Well, we spent some days just making tents to sell the tents, to make a living, or repair those tents, whatever his job was. We'd preach at night or vice versa, but we were just all in, all day, every day, serving. Why? So that we wouldn't be chargeable unto any of you. So what is Paul saying? Paul is saying, hey, I know that I'm using strong language. I know I've talked about withdrawing yourself. I know I've talked about warning the unruly. I know that I have uh, given a command. And all of these words sound so big and bravado. But I want you to know that I'm not asking you to do anything that I have not already done myself. Is that not what leadership is? Leadership says, I know the way. I go the way. And I show the way. That's what Paul's doing here. Hey, I know the way. He knows what's right. I, I go the way. He's done what's right. Now I'm showing you what's right. I'm demonstrating th th this to, to you against the backdrop of my own testimony. I think that's where leadership is really, really powerful. Uh, people don't want to know what you say. They want to know what you do. People do what people see. People don't do what people hear. People do what people see. Um, it's that age-old Asian proverb. Uh, tell me and I'll forget. Show me and I'll remember. You know, but involve me and I'll understand. And the Apostle Paul was so careful to go to that next level, wasn't he? Uh, as that example. Look at verse number, number nine. Not because we have not power. So Paul said, we behaved this way. We lived this way. Uh, we didn't charge you. Not because we couldn't. Not even because we shouldn't. We had spiritual authority. That's what the word power means here. We had the prerogative to do this. He makes a really strong case to the Corinthians about this. We, we could have we just taken a love offering and saved ourselves a lot of time, but you weren't ready yet. So it's not because we have not power but to make ourselves an example, an example unto you to follow us. We did what we did to be an example. You know, Jesus didn't have to get baptized, right? But he did as an example. Jesus didn't have to wash feet, but he did as an example. And our great example is Jesus. And Paul, following the footsteps of Jesus, said, it's so absolutely important that I set this example to you. So I wonder today, what kind of example are you setting? 
And, and when in your Bible teaching, when in the wielding of your authority as a mom or a dad, as a teacher, as a pastor, when can you, not in a proud way, but when can you legitimately say, hey, if you want to know what this looks like, follow me. If you want to know how this command fleshes out in real life, then copy what I do. The Apostle Paul was such an example and such a conviction in this area, and I hope that you will be as well. So that's it for today. Uh, We'll stop there in verse number nine. We'll jump back tomorrow in verse number 10. Hope you'll join us. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.